You're listening to the Active Living Podcast by Aditya Birla Health Insurance. Hello and welcome to Active Living. This is a show where we discuss various wellness-related topics. And the last time we spoke about some of the health trends that have evolved due to the pandemic and also our efforts to stay healthy in the year 2021. And we also realized that health awareness amongst people has also improved over time. And many phrases have come into our life on account of the pandemic. Comorbid conditions is certainly one of them. Everybody knows about this term. This really indicates the high-risk group, which is now part of a regular health-related conversation everywhere. Now, diabetes is one such comorbid condition. Welcome to the show with Sheetal and Supriya Arun, our expert. As you already know, Supriya is a wellness consultant who has completed her nutrition certification from the American College of Sports Medicine, and she specializes in weight management, sports nutrition, and also clinical nutrition. Interestingly, she has also uh, done some work with actors who play the role of cricketers in the movie 83 that is uh, directed by Kabir Khan. That's just an aside. She's also a published author of uh, a book that's called Traditional Recipes for Pregnancy and Motherhood. And this is by Jayco Publishing, if you want to check it out. So, Supriya, thank you and welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? Yeah, fine. Great to be here again, Sitar. Yeah. And in fact, you know, diabetes, this is also not a, a new word to all of us. In fact, we are the diabetic capital in that sense of the word. Uh, as in India, there are nearly 100 million diabetes in India over the next 10 years. That's the number we are looking for. Uh, and we assume that most people know a fair bit about living with diabetes by now, how common it is. And yet, there are a number of things that people take for granted, people believe to be right but actually are quite wrong. So on this episode, let's talk about some of those ideas or notions people have about diabetes that are popular, but actually quite wrong. So Supriya, let's get straight into this. What are these myths or misguided beliefs that people have around diabetes that have persisted for a long time now? Yes, Ethel, there are uh, quite a few of them actually, but uh, let me pick a few very basic ones here um, and very oft repeated ones. Uh, The first one would definitely be the belief that diabetics uh, has to cut only the sugar while jaggery, dates, honey, raisins, figs are all okay to have. Yeah, you know, know, uh, yeah, bakers bake a sugar free cake and diabetics go and order that uh, thinking that, you know, it is sugar free, we can have it. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard a lot of, uh, you know, people who have diabetes adding jaggery to their tea instead of sugar. So you're saying that uh, that's absolutely not acceptable. Yeah, it's a very wrong understanding and it's very dangerous too because uh, people um, use this uh, sugar-free label, uh, Mm -hmm. understand that they can have it, but actually these uh, sugar-free products has other things like jaggery, dates, honey, fruit pulps, etc. which gives the sweetness Uh, and sweetness doesn't come um, just like that. the sweetness is there because it has different types of sugars right. uh, and they obviously increase the blood sugar levels and also elicit an insulin response in our body mm. and uh, they should be equally careful with these uh, like how they'll be with uh, having plain sugar right absolutely so people should read the labels properly and understand what is really going into that uh, particular food item that makes it sweet <laughs> to the taste uh, if i summarize that correctly right yeah that's right All right. So one more thing, Supriya, I've heard about is uh, wheat versus rice, right? We always get very, very confused when you're a diabetic. You're thinking that rice is not a good idea. I can actually substitute that with uh, rotis, but it's not that simple, is it? 
this is second the second idea that is actually wrong right yeah so uh, that is uh, a very very uh, common misconception that uh, you know if you are a diabetic uh then you have to switch to uh, wheat rotis uh, you should not have rice um and um, i know people who uh, immediately shift to rotis or you know wheat rava cooked like rice especially the south indians who are used to uh, having right. rice with their sambar and other right. stuff so uh, the general belief is that wheat does not increase the blood sugar as much as rice that is the reason for switching to wheat instead of rice uh this is completely wrong i would like to um, tell you that one cup of cooked rice has the same amount of carbohydrates as two medium sized thin rotis wow this is a <laughs> one that you're doing for us over here <laughs> please carry on it is the same so uh, it it is of course in case of rotis uh, it is easy to keep a tab keep a count on how many rotis you're having as against uh, the quantity of rice consumed yeah. um, unless you have it in a katori you measure them and consciously have how much rice uh, otherwise you can go overboard with rice yeah. so that is the one advantage uh, which uh, wheat has mm-hmm. otherwise the amount of carbohydrates is the same right. and uh, whole wheat rotis also has more fiber than white rice so it may be a better alternative but one can always change uh, to brown rice or hand pounded rice or other rice varieties which has more fiber and also strictly follow cup measurements with the rice uh, so you are increasing the fiber as well as controlling the portion sizes which were the uh, disadvantages uh, for rice against the wheat so uh, if you follow these two things you can have rice also and other things is um, with wheat you can add other items to the flour like you can add soya i know many people adding some pulses also when you grind it that is an advantage because uh, it is ultimately the same roti but uh, you can add uh, some more protein to it increase the protein but with rice what you have you have to select the high fiber variety but you can add things uh, on top of it like instead of just having white plain rice always have it with some protein or vegetable to increase the fiber content yeah this is interesting because uh, this brings me to the other question adding something on top of rice right this concept someone told me you add ghee on top of rice and that kind of reduces the glycemic load and that is where i introduce my next phrase over here glycemic index what is this supriya and how does one reduce the glycemic index of things like rice or even rotis for example yeah so glycemic index is ability of that food to increase the blood sugar compared to plain glucose right. glucose is the standard quantity okay. which is given and it raises the blood sugar to a certain amount and right. you compare it with uh, the amount of uh, the food you're taking right. uh, so uh, there are um, white rice has high glycemic index mm-hmm. uh, means it um, increases the blood sugar uh, quite rapidly which we don't want here So what you do to reduce the glycemic index is one as i said you select a variety of rice which is more fiber so that the glycemic index uh, as it is reduces and you can further reduce the glycemic index by adding some ghee uh, a fat uh, and some dal uh, add vegetable so these all these things uh, add uh, more fiber uh, to what you're eating and it slows down the absorption of sugar so the ra- rice also is not so rapid 
Right. Yes. So the and so uh, ultimately the glycemic index reduces. Yeah. Understood. Super. And what are some of these examples of a low glycemic index food? So even um, a high glycemic index food, the glycemic index can be reduced by having it with something else. Like ghee, so right? yeah, so a glycemic index if it is high, you have it. So rice, it is high. So you have it with dal and little ghee. So it reduces the glycemic index. Okay. Because uh, the um, body is going to absorb it in a slower fashion because there's dal also. There is uh, the fiber from the dal. The fat is there from the ghee. Mm-hmm. So that is going to slow down the absorption of the sugar. So the glycemic index automatically comes down. Okay. So the food product itself has some amount of glycemic index. You can have it with something to reduce the glycemic index. Oh. So these are the ways by which you can uh, reduce the glycemic index. And you also go in for high fiber options to reduce the glycemic index. Right. Even with rice, which is supposed to be high glycemic index, if you have a high fiber rice, brown rice, hand pounded rice, those varieties, uh, the glycemic index is very low. Uh, understand you're breaking a lot of hearts right now supriya because i think a lot of us have been thinking oh i can have as many rotis as possible but you're saying less rotis more veggies <laughs> and yes. right have yeah. add, you know dal and ghee something or uh, egg or meat to reduce the glycemic load it's uh, rice is causing in your body or something yeah so rice, yeah yeah you're right and with rotis there's also this the uh, practice uh, i as a nutritionist uh, tell them like uh, you can have the rotis but try and add something else to the rotis. say okay. you can make the atta along with some soya some channa some dal varieties added to the or barley which is all high fiber it's going to increase the protein content also and it looks like uh, you can make it into a roti ultimately Ah. So those are ways by which you can reduce the glycemic index. All right. So that's really bringing me to myth number 3. That's got to do with the uh, fats. A lot of talk about good fat, bad fat, omega 3 and such things these days, you know. So if you could tell yeah. us a little bit about that and the connection of course to diabetes. Yeah, so uh, the moment a person is diagnosed with uh, diabetes, uh, so one thing that uh, they are very conscious about is the sugar. Mm-hmm. The next thing is uh, they are also they also become conscious about the oils and fats. So the, there is a myth uh, which is that they should not have uh, oils and fats. Means completely cut right. uh, oils and fats, but that is very wrong because uh, good sources of fats are needed to balance the diet. and the uh, fats also helps uh, slow down the absorption of sugars as i mentioned earlier and uh, so it reduces the speed at which it enters the blood stream okay and um, thereby decreasing the glycemic index and uh, reducing the um, speed at which the blood sugar rises in your blood okay so um, the key is actually to choose the right fats Oh. Uh, instead of totally avoiding it, you choose the right fats uh, like um, uh, monounsaturated fatty acids, mufa, the olive oil, and you are going for um, other oils like groundnut oil, less refined ones like uh, mustard oil, groundnut oil, uh, or uh, coconut oil. Okay. Uh, these kind of good um, oils you can go in for, and the key is to choose the right fat sources. uh and also to limit the amount uh, the fat is uh, good for you doesn't mean that you can have uh, any amount uh, the amount should be limited i would suggest a person uh 
monthly consumption uh, should be around 500 ml to 600 ml okay all right um uh, in the cooking and all other uh, usages it should be not more than uh, 500 to uh, 600 ml per month that comes to around 3 to 4 teaspoons per day okay no more than 3 to 4 teaspoons yeah. per day or per day yeah of fat and the ones that you recommended actually yeah and this is the fats to cook there are other sources of fats uh, good fats uh, the nuts uh, nuts and seeds these are uh, sources of good fats and you should consume it um, like around 15 grams per day is an ideal amount to have and there are also other um, sources of good fats uh, like uh, avocado is quite popular it's also high fiber but uh, in the indian scenario uh, it is quite uh, pricey so uh, i would not suggest uh, that for daily intake but you can include it uh, uh, on a weekly basis ah understood yeah yeah super so you've given us an idea of uh, fats and some of the ideas that people hold dear especially in the context of diabetes and you've dispelled some of those ideas for us now the fourth myth yeah those diabetics uh, who skip meals mm. uh, um have you seen any of them <laughs> all the time i have a few in my family also okay and especially they skip breakfast uh, so because um, usually uh, diabetics they don't feel so hungry in the morning mm. uh, the hunger builds up only um, from mid morning and it peaks during the evening so uh, they go by that cycle and they because they are not very hungry what they do is they skip the breakfast okay they also think that it is a healthy practice because they are skipping a meal uh, so their blood sugar uh, is being taken care of it will be coming down uh, this belief actually is counterproductive uh, the practice actually causes sugar fluctuations and increases the sugar cravings um and during the end of the day they'll be craving more sugar okay. <laughs> and uh, you know going for sweets or yeah. um other uh, forms to uh, um satiate their cravings right. and so a well balanced breakfast with a good amount of protein uh, is very necessary and uh, it helps a diabetic to manage the blood sugar levels better throughout the day Okay, understand. and uh, there's also a study published in uh, journal Diabetes Care in 2015, and it says that uh, breakfast skippers with type 2 diabetes uh, they had higher blood glucose levels after lunch and dinner. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, so it is actually counterproductive in all ways. Uh-huh. Uh, so um, going for a high protein breakfast, don't skip it. and that's the ideal way of taking care of your blood sugar through the day right understood finally the fifth point right we did promise all of our listeners on active living the podcast on uh, your wellness and health that you give them five of these ideas that are actually wrong yeah so the fifth one uh, would be on um, blood sugar monitoring mm-hmm. so we are taking care of our diet we are taking care of uh, you know what we eat how we eat, when we eat we should also be monitoring whether what we are doing is right and uh, routine blood uh, sugar monitoring is uh, 
a very important component in uh, diabetes management more so when uh, you are in type 1 diabetes when you are taking your insulin you have to be more careful that you you're not going into hypoglycemia you're not going into a sugar low or very high so you need to keep monitoring more so than a type 2 diabetes but i won't take away the importance for type 2 diabetes also the sugar monitoring uh, aspect but um, many diabetics uh, they think that you know once a week uh, blood sugar checking is enough i know many people who check only when they go to the doctor the doctor checks and that's about it and uh, there are uh, some people who do it daily but they uh, feel that once a day checking at the same time every day is a very good uh, monitoring practice you know they take a early in the morning or you know they have it uh, they take it after lunch but they stick to one timing every day okay. both these are wrong uh, for actual effective diabetes control one should check at different times of the day before lunch uh, before dinner two hours after food that is before food after food right. and also after exercising and uh, establish the levels with standard meal intake so what you do is your routine diet you take and you check your levels at you know what is it before you have your breakfast uh, what is it after i have my lunch what is it after i exercise so you establish your levels uh, what it is usually and once you do this then uh, once a day at different time points you can check for instance today on friday i'll be checking after lunch mm. and uh, tomorrow i'll check uh, you know in the morning when i wake up um sunday i'll check after i go for a walk right. and you check um you uh, compare it with uh, the readings you did with a standard meal and see whether it is the same if it is very high or very low compared to that standard reading something is going wrong and another thing is like uh, if you have changed your uh, consumption say for instance you are attending a party or you're going for a, a wedding and having a um, elaborate meal um, and you've had some desserts also it's very important to come back and check how it is how what is your blood sugar has it shot up really very badly or is it how is your blood sugar so you need to have a feel of how things are This is the ideal monitoring practice. Fantastic. So to summarize, for the benefit of all of our listeners on active living, uh, our expert Supriya Arun has told us that these are the five most important things for diabetics to bear in mind to establish a healthy routine. Some ideas that we have held, which uh, we think are normal, correct, but are actually wrong. One is jaggery, honey, dates, raisins, figs, etc., are not healthier substitutes for sugar. Please remember to read the label. So this is something to bear in mind. Two, roti is not really all that better than rice for diabetes, and we gave you the reasons why. Correct, Supriya? So, uh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Three, don't remove all fat from your diet because there are good fats and those are helpful. Four, don't skip meals, especially breakfast. And five, finally, for effective sugar control, you should vary the times of the days uh, in which you actually check your blood sugar. If you have a special snack, make sure you check at that time as well, like a heavy meal or something. Correct? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You've summarized it very well. 
Super. So I am a good student and I'm going to teach these methods to the diabetics in my family and most of us by now have someone or the other that we care for and love in our social circle that we know. So share this information and advice, get them to listen to this in fact so they get it from the proverbial horse's mouth and stay tuned to Active Living regularly to get more updates like these. Thank you so much Supriya for joining us. Thank you. This is the Active Living podcast by Aditya Birla Health Insurance. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back soon.